Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm also a survivor of abuse in a queer relationship. I'm here to help you figure out what's really going on in your relationship to help get you out and on the road to recovery. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about parents healing from having had their children abused by proxy in abusive relationships. A lot of times, we as parents uh, don't necessarily realize or want to realize that our children are as also abused just by being in the house with us, being around this person, um, and being sort of witnesses to our abuse, um, which is something that I'm very passionate about because I think it's something that we don't understand as a society. It's like, well, they were just abusing their partner when in reality, if you're abusing one parent in the home, you're abusing everyone in the home, the pets, the kids, everyone is suffering. And I know that that's really hard to hear and it's really hard to accept. So if this is something that you're not ready for, please put a pause on this episode and come back later when you can process this. But if you're at a point where you want to hear about, you know, what that can feel like healing from that, um, what, you know, what is some of the sort of like long-term effects of having dealt with someone who's using your child as a pawn and things like that, then hang out for another 20 minutes or so. Um, and we'll, we'll get that done. Uh, before we begin, I want to talk about my struggles and successes for this week. Um, a struggle is, and this is like not new. I am really struggling with the childcare situation with my current job. It's gotten to the point where something's going to have to change. Either I'm going to have to change my living situation. I'm going to have to change my job or I've got to figure out something with childcare that's going to last because what we have right now is not working. It's very stressful. Um, the person that I just hired to hopefully be ongoing just didn't show up today. So my friend had to drive in from out of town to come help out so I can get to work on time. And it's just been a lot. And that is something that if you're listening to this and you're a single parent or you're the primary parent, you're the one whose income depends on the childcare versus like the parent who can just go to work every day and not have to worry about it. Um, you can probably understand that. It is not easy. And I don't think it's talked about enough how much some parents have to do to be able to make an income. And it sucks because then you also feel guilty when you finally hire someone and you finally figure out a situation and then something changes with that, that person moves or they quit or they just don't show up or whatever, it's really, really hard. And of course, you want your kids to be with someone safe. You want to have someone trustworthy. And that's just like not where a lot of us are at. Um, so really unfortunate. A success is I am just wrapping up my month of like work-a-thon. Um, again, I've been mentioning this lately, but after my trip, I was just like work, work, work. And wrapping that up today is my last day of this workathon. Obviously, I will have to keep working, um, but I'm about to go. My son and I are going to go visit my family for a little bit, and I'm really excited to see everybody. Even though obviously a lot of us know that you know visiting family can be very difficult at times, um, just with everyone's trauma and history and all of that stuff. Um, but I'm really looking forward to that. And the dog's coming. Obviously, the kiddo's coming, and um, I just love that. So that is a success. So, um, I wanted to talk about recovering from abuse towards your children. And I did put down a couple of notes. Um, I'm going to give a couple of examples. Um, one thing that I experienced was, if you don't know, I do talk about this from time to time. I do live with my co-parent, my son's dad, who is also my ex-husband. 
Um, we lived apart for two and a half years when I was with my abuser. And then when I was leaving, I moved back in with him just because we thought it would be temporary. Um, we thought that would be the safest thing. We thought that, you know, that person would leave us alone if we had someone else around. And, um, it's just what made sense at the time. We're still doing that. Um, I am, like I mentioned, I'm pretty much ready to move on, but there's a lot that goes into that. So, um, one thing that happens a lot and it still happens, it's happening a lot less because we're about a year and a half into living together again after being apart is that I apologize a lot. Again, it is less, but over the past year and a half, um, I apologize a lot for the state of the house. I'll apologize. I'm like, sorry, the kitchen's really messy or sorry. Um, dinner's not ready. Sorry, this, sorry, that, which honestly, I don't remember if I did that very much when we were married, to be fair, most of our marriage, we didn't have a child. Obviously a child changes things. Um, you know, if you, if, sorry, but if you are working outside the home and you have a stay at home parent partner, who's taking care of your kid. And if there's pets and a house and all this stuff in the house, you really should not expect that person to have everything spotless and have dinner on the table and all that stuff. That's really not realistic unless that person's not taking care of themselves at all. Um, so anyway, I don't remember if that happened or not, but I find myself apologizing a lot. And every single time he says, I'm not worried about the house. I'm not worried about the kitchen. We can all clean later tonight. Things like that. Um, like he's never one time been like, like sometimes he'll get frustrated with the state of the house because sometimes like lately, because I'm prioritizing other things, I just like won't pick up the toys and I'll just whatever. Um, and he'll get frustrated just like I do. Like one of us will get to a point like, okay, you know what? We all need to clean right now. But he's never been like, why is the house like this? What were you doing all day? Why can't you have food on the table? Blah, blah, blah. In fact, like he's not my partner. So the fact that like he comes home and I do make food for him, like if I make a meal, I make sure there's food for him because he'll come home, whatever. And that's like really rude. I think to just like, not like if I had a roommate or something like, well, it depends roommate kind of depends, but I'm just like, here, yes, I made food. You are, you're gonna eat what I make, or you're going to make your own food. But like, yes, I have extra food if you want some. Um, and he's never said anything like that, but because of what I experienced, um, with my abuser, I apologize a lot. And it's funny because he's my child's actual other legal biological parent. And I like, I will be apologizing for his child too. Like this person is actually his child versus with my abuser. It was not their child in any way, shape or form. And I would be apologizing because I was made to feel like I was a burden. The kid was a burden. We were a burden to them. Like, Oh my God, well, you're the one with the kid. Like what? Like you knew I had a kid when we started this quote unquote relationship. Um, but I'm apologizing to this person who like, it's your kid too. Like you should know if you have a kid, if they're a healthy, happy kid, they're playing with toys a lot. They're going to make messes. Yes, they have to learn to pick them up. But if you have too many toys in your house, which I do, they're going to need some assistance with picking up if it gets out of hand, blah, blah, blah. And so that's something that I've really noticed. Um, and that can happen a lot. Like again, so if you get out of an abusive situation and you have a roommate, you might be doing the same thing. Or if you're visiting someone and your kid makes a mess or you know, maybe you're staying in a room or whatever and they peek in your room in the morning and it's sheer chaos. Like you're going to apologize because you're just so used to apologizing for your child's existence or that you can't necessarily keep up with everything in those spaces all the time, which is normal. Yes. Some people can do it. Some people are a lot more organized, but also like, I'm just going to ask this. If your house is always spotless and your kid, unless you're like a minimalist, which is like my goal and your kid doesn't have that many toys, that's awesome. I wish I could do that. But if you have a lot of stuff and you have multiple pets and you have multiple kids and your house is always clean, are you okay? 
Or are you just doing that to escape your actual pain and all that stuff? Anyway, that's a side note. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is yes. So I mentioned visiting people. Um, this summer, my son and I went to visit the people who I worked for as an au pair in the summer of 2012. I was taking care of their little boy who is now much taller than I am. It was very weird seeing him. I didn't think I would ever see them again. Um, I just didn't bond with that family very much, but it just so happens that someone I did bond with very much when I was there is now a part of that family. And so I went back to see them. I was very nervous in the lead up because I, I mean, I kind of remembered how they were towards their son, you know, back then, at least the dad of the house, who's not the person who I was visiting, um, but he was really cool this time. And I was like, Oh, what if they don't like him? What if they think he's a brat? What if they think he's like this little American kid? Like, I don't know. Spanish kids also ask for toys a lot. And Spanish kids also play with a lot of toys and Spanish kids. Like it's not that different. Right. And I was, but I was just like, Oh my gosh, what if they think he's like, cause he's so picky. And the, the dad is like the dad that I worked for is, um, he's like, he owns a lot of restaurants and he is like a food connoisseur and he, his like love language is food. Everything surrounds food. It's Italian food. When we went to visit, like when I lived with them, like we would go out to their restaurants, they've got multiple restaurants and we were always going to these restaurants, eating food. He wants me to try a dish because he's just handing me dishes and he knows like, I also love food and my kid doesn't like, that's something that I don't share with my kid. He's, he's very selective about what he eats. And a lot of times, especially in new, new situations, he's even more selective. So something he might not usually eat, he might not eat it. And so the first night we were at their house, I'm like sweating at their table because I'm like, they're going to hate my kid. They're going to think he's a spoiled brat. They're going to think I don't know how to raise a kid because he turned down what they had made for him. And at first they were like, "Mm, okay. And then all of a sudden the dad, who again, I'm thinking he's going to be just a total a-hole. He's going to think my kid sucks because he won't eat like the croquettes that come from his restaurant or whatever. And he gets up and he's going through the cabinets and he just starts handing my kid food. And eventually they found out that he really liked cereal. And so they were, they like would go to the store and there wasn't the right kind of cereal at that store. And they went to the next store to get him the right kind of cereal. And they even brought cereal to one of their restaurants. They're like, just in case he doesn't like what we make him. And then I'm like, time he really liked the chicken from the restaurant so they brought him some of the chicken from the restaurant they were just like really sweet to him they never complained about him they never were like um you know I noticed that your kid like nothing like that they didn't say one thing about my child and like their kids are older now their kids are like 10 and 13 or something and so I was like you know maybe they forgot what it's like to have a five-year-old in the house but they were just like yeah he's a kid not every kid is going to want to eat freaking calamari and, you know, mussels and I don't know, whatever else. And so that was a really good, um, obviously when we're healing from having had our children be sources of abuse from our abuser, um, it was a good experience. It's always a good experience when you're around people who are just viewing your child as a child and everyone, every single person in Spain, when we were there, um, you know, my friends who I go back to visit who I'm like, wait, what if they don't like my kid? Because whatever, like I, the first time I went back to see my other friends, everybody, the first time I see someone, um, you know, maybe they've never met my child or maybe they haven't seen him since before the abuse when he was really little. I'm like, they're gonna not like him, which is so dumb because he's so lovable and he's so sweet. He's also a child. He's gonna have issues. He's gonna have struggles. He's gonna not want to do something that day or he's not going to feel good, whatever. Every single person that he has met um, has just accepted him exactly as he is and not complained. Like, obviously, like, 
you don't really have a right to complain about someone's kid in the way that uh, some abusive people will. But it's very scary going into those situations and not knowing if someone is going to confront you and be like, look, your kid's a brat. Your kid, you need to like force him to eat X, Y, Z, or he needs to whatever it is. Um, like I said, everyone was really incredible. And also, what was I going to say? I don't know. Like I said, it was really healing. The more that I interact with people who are like that, it's very healing. And also just goes to prove that that kind of behavior is not okay. And it's not normal. Um, so that leads me to like apologizing for normal kid stuff. Um, I would find myself, um, for example, I had a client and we're not going to obviously give any specifics about a client, but I was, you know, my child was home and I always say like, my child is home. He is entertained. He is fine. His needs have been met before this call, but we're here for 60 minutes. It's always possible that my child will walk in, which I love about coaching. It's not the same as therapy. We don't have to be so buttoned up about it. And the same goes for you when I'm coaching. If the doorbell rings, your dog starts barking, your kid interrupts, whatever, we're going to roll with it. We're going to go through with it. And I found myself apologizing because my kid was really struggling that day and he kept coming in and he kept wanting to interact. And I'm trying to like buy, you know, 20 more minutes or whatever. And my client was like, I can see that this is something that you're still struggling with. Like you're apologizing for your kid being a kid. And I'm like, you're right. I am. Um, and it's so beautiful, obviously that that client at that time saw what was happening, understood that I'm also healing. Like I'm healing with y'all when I'm coaching you. Um, but we do that. Right. And I, I know a lot of parents who haven't been abused, experienced abuse in an intimate partner relationship. Maybe they've experienced abuse from a parent or someone else. Society really does make us feel like our kids cannot make any noise. Like you see people complaining about kids making noise at the airport or on airplanes or, you know, this, that I'm at a restaurant. I'm just trying to enjoy a meal, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm sorry. Kids are also a part of society and it's age appropriate for children to cry, to have feelings, to be uncomfortable, to be bored. Right. But we find ourselves apologizing. Like, I'm so sorry that my child exists and that I'm his person and that he's coming to find me right now. In a perfect world, the two would be separate and I would have blocks of time where, you know, I'm coaching and it's dedicated. And like when I'm interpreting, I definitely, it's separate. If you don't know, I'm a sign language interpreter. My kid can't interrupt me when I'm interpreting. That is, that's buttoned up. We can't do that, right? I have to be completely alone. Um, someone has to be with him or he knows not to interrupt. But when I'm coaching, you know, again, ideally he wouldn't interrupt, but I'm a mom and I'm a mom first and foremost. You are a parent, if you're listening to this probably, or maybe you know someone who is, and nobody should be apologizing for their child existing or having normal needs. And on that note, and this is a completely different thing, we should not be apologizing for our own normal human needs. I actually posted a, a reel today um, from last year of me sneezing and then apologizing. Cause last year I was visiting my friend and I sneezed and it happened several times and I would sneeze and I would apologize. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't like, I don't know if she had ever seen someone apologize for sneezing, but she was like, why do you keep apologizing for sneezing? And I was like, well, well, the truth. And I told her, and she was like, please never do that again. Um, and I apologized for like, uh, like some of my hair, like I did this and some of my hair fell out and I was like, Oh my God, let me clean that up. I'm so sorry. And she was like, um, my hair sheds all the time. I'll just sweep the floor later. It's normal. We're women. Our hair falls. Like it's just a part of being a human. Your hair falls. We shed. Right. Um, and so we also shouldn't be apologizing for, you know, sneezing, um, having a sniffly nose that day, um, 
whatever it is, like anything that's a normal part of being a human, even if it's something that comes and goes, like maybe you have allergies. I'm like, oh, sorry, I have allergies. Why? Your body didn't just like do that on purpose. You just, you have allergies, right? So anyway, that's another thing. Um, but yeah, that is something that happens when you are healing. So you're a parent and you're trying to heal your own, everything that you experienced, but you also have this little human who was used as a pawn to abuse you. Like they were the source of a lot of arguments because, you know, for my abuser, it was, you know, he's going to turn into a brat. If you don't discipline him more without me, he's going to be horrible. Nobody's going to like him. You need me. You don't know how to discipline him. Like very strict. He has to have this done at this time. He can't make too much mess. He can't, you know, he can't have any feelings outside of like happy, just very, very strict because anything outside of that, they could use as an argument to, you know, whatever. If you've been there, you've been there and you know what I'm talking about. Kids are not pawns. Kids should not be sources of arguments like that. Like, yes, if you're co-parenting with someone or you're married to someone who's not abusive, but you have different opinions, you probably are going to get into a little bit of arguments about what school you want them to go or how you want to approach this or that, or, you know, I grew up with this, you grew up with that. What's the happy medium? How can like, you're not always going to, it's not always going to be harmonious, right? We're humans, but children should not be sources of arguments in that way. And we should not have to be apologizing for them in their existence and, and just walking on eggshells in society after we come out of these situations, because we're so worried that people are going to judge us because somebody else who can't handle their own, like abusive people can't handle their own feelings and emotions. They can't handle yours. And they definitely can't handle children. Like those children have to be perfect little doll babies or else they're a problem for abusive people. And that's just not okay. And that's not something that, that we should have to do. So I have talked for quite a bit and I don't have a lot of time because I don't like to go over. I mean, we're almost at 20 minutes here. I don't like to go past like maybe 25 minutes, but I guess um, some of the things that have helped me with that are again, getting in those situations where people are supportive and understanding, you know, understand child development and what's normal um, versus like when it's time to be like, Hey, you know what, buddy, it's not okay to do X, Y, Z and stuff like that. And like, just letting your kid run rampant. Like it's normal for kids to do that. We have to work through this, you know? Um, so that's helped a lot. It's helped a lot to, again, know and understand that this was abuse, um, that we were both abused. Again, my son was abused by proxy. Um, to, to understand why it was happening, why an abusive person would use a child as a pawn, um, to be able to sort of, I guess, separate, um, their narrative versus reality, which is again, he's a normal, healthy, growing child, um, separating those narratives and getting rid of the narrative that they tried to force down your throat, um, has helped a lot. And again, you know, that takes time. Obviously, like I said, I'm wrapping this up. I don't expect you to be like, okay, I'll just separate the narrative. It takes time. You have to retrain your brain. You have to, you know, to be able to just kind of like rip apart the seams that, you know, separate those things and then throw away that side of it. Um, it takes time. If there's anything else I can throw at you really quick before we, before we wrap this up in terms of healing from that, you know, be around safe people. Um, Another thing I had to do for a little while was I had to cut off a family member for probably about six months because I didn't feel like they were safe for him to be around um, because of the way that they, they were a little bit hot and cold with him. They were a little bit, you never knew what mood they were going to be in. They would say things in front of him. And I just said, nope, 
for right now, I hope someday we can circle back. But for right now, neither of us are going to be around this. And I had to do that for about six months. Um, so setting boundaries like that around anyone who might be sort of contributing to that narrative for you. Um, I know some of these like healing things might be a little vague since that's not necessarily this, the subject of the podcast. The subject today is just like, what can this look like? What are the, what is like, and what is the aftermath? But if you guys would like me to do a little bit more about healing specifically from this kind of, you know, abuse where your child is abused by proxy or used as a pawn, um, I'm happy to talk about that more. That is one of my, I would say top five abuse topics that I'm really, really passionate about and I think need to be talked about more. Okay. I'll go ahead and wrap this up. If you like this podcast or if you're watching this on YouTube, please rate, review, subscribe. I always read the reviews if they're on podcast. Um, your interactions really get this into the ears of the people who need this the most. That is what I want. That's why I do this. Um, pretty much do this for free. I make a tiny bit off the podcast for full transparency. Like maybe like to buy a coffee once a month or twice a month, maybe. Um, and I really do appreciate that. Um, so, you know, I do, I do a lot of this for free. Um, so I, I don't know. It means a lot to me when you share it with your friends. Um, I really just want to help people who are where I was or in a similar situation because it feels so helpless when you're in it and you just feel alone and you feel crazy. So that is what I want. And like I said, sharing it and subscribing and rating and all that stuff, I think helps. I don't know. Um, Okay. Um, like I mentioned, I'm a certified trauma recovery coach. If you want to work with me, if this is something that you're like, Oh my gosh, I struggle with this so much. I really want to work through that with you, Lindsay. Let's do it. Um, you can find my information on the lindsaygoodman.com, click on, click on the coaching tab, or you can go straight to calendly.com slash the Lindsay Goodman. Just let me know. Um, I have a couple questions there that you fill out. Just let me know. That's what you want to work on or let me know when you pop up. I'm going to ask you where you at. Why did you meet with me today? And let's dive in and, and, you know, see what we can do to support you through that. Cause it is yucky. Okay. That's all I have for today. Go do something nice for yourself and drink some water. I'll be back next week with more.